Uh, as I mentioned, we used to support uh, the Knowles when they first went to Uganda. Uh, for those of you who may not be real familiar with our history, the first seven families that surrendered to go out of uh, Madison Baptist Church's missions all went to the country of Uganda. And that time we just simply called it East Africa Outreach since that was in East Africa, it just made sense. And then Brother David Lewis messed us all up and he went to South Korea. So suddenly the name East Africa Outreach for us as a church didn't make a whole lot of sense. And so we made it Madison Baptist Church World Missions. Uh, but now, of course, Brother Meyer still goes up from time to time to Uganda, and Brother Nelson and Brother Stark have made uh, trips there, but we don't have any of from Madison Baptist Church that are there now. Uh, we've got a lot of preachers there in Uganda that were one to Christ and trained uh, through the ministries of our missionaries that were there. Well, Brother Knowles is going to Uganda again. This will be his second time, and I want him to let you know... Uh, what he's going to be doing, and then open up the book and preach to us. Amen. Thank you, preacher. Amen. It's good to be here tonight. If you got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Psalms 121. And uh, I've already heard, so I'm not touching this mic here. Amen. I'm going to leave it alone, preacher. I don't want to be the one. <laughs> Amen. But it's good to be here tonight. And, and uh, I, I remember being here. We was on deputation 2016. And uh, we had the privilege to share our burden then. I thank the, uh, thank the pastor and the church for allowing us to come in and do it again. Uh, 2016 was our deputation year, and we told you then what we was going to be doing. So now I just want to tell you what, we, what the Lord has done. Amen. And uh, so it's, God has been good to us. And if you remember, we was, uh, I told you before, I used to pastor Welcome Baptist Church in LaGrange, Georgia. Uh, that's where I was pastor at when we took a trip uh, to visit a missionary friend of ours. We went over there for one purpose, uh, just to visit them. They had been to South Sudan, and they had been run out because of the Civil War there. And they was going through a hard time, and they was based in Uganda filling in for a missionary there. And we went over, me and my wife and, and another family from our church went over with one purpose. And, and that only purpose was to go be a blessing to, the, to our missionary and to encourage them. Uh, but as we got there, there's a verse in Lamentations where it said, Mine eye affected my heart. And that's exactly what happened. When we got there, God got a hold of our heart. And when we came back, I just couldn't get it off my heart. I began to pray, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, you're going to have to show me. I said, uh, and God speaks to us through his word, by the way. And uh, I said, Lord, give me a verse. And, and God gave me a verse. And like any good Baptist, I said, okay, Lord, give me one more there. Amen. Put that fleece out again. And, and God was faithful. He did it again. Amen. Confirmed in my heart that's what he wanted to do. We took that trip in May of 2015. Uh, we came back, began to work with our church. In November of 2015, we turned our church over to our assistant pastor, began deputation. God gave us support by December of 2016. January of 2017, we moved to the field. And uh, our plan was to go work with a missionary there, learn the culture, uh, get everything, get our uh, feet under us, and uh, learn a little bit. But that didn't work. That missionary came home. So there we was left and, and uh, knew where God wanted us to go, to the Luero District, uh, right there about center of the country of Uganda, right in the middle. And uh, didn't know anybody there, didn't know the language, just knew that where God wanted us to go. So we began to pray that God would open a door. And uh, God is faithful, amen. We have met a man that had a little school there and was praying that somebody would come and start a church. And uh, we was at a national pastor's conference and he stood up on one side of a room, about 300 men, 
and I was taking prayer requests and I was sitting on the other side and he said, he said, would you help us pray? We're from the Luero district looking for somebody. We're trying to get uh, somebody to come start a church in our area. And there I was in Uganda praying for connection in that area and God put us together. And so I remember going up to that little school where he had just some little shacks out in the bush area outside of the town of Luero, nothing but some little shacks. He had about 110 kids there in that school. I remember on a Friday we preached to those kids and saw about seven or eight of those saved. And uh, after about a week or two of prayer, and God directed us, that's where we wanted to go back to. And uh, so we went back to that school and started our first church plant. Didn't have a building, didn't have anything else. And, and I could write a book. I was telling Brother Tony, I said, he wrote a book. I said, I could write a book on everything you shouldn't do as a missionary, on, on how not to do things. Uh, but I didn't have a building, didn't have anything else. But we had a big mango tree right there in the middle of that school, uh, that little schoolyard. So that's where we met at. And I remember our first Sunday, didn't know what to expect. We'd done so winning around that village and invited people, said on this day we're going to start. And I uh, didn't know what to expect, but I remember that Sunday morning as we rounded the curve, come through those banana little thickets there, there was about 110 people gathered up under that mango tree. And I still remember what I preached on that very first Sunday morning, just as plain and simple of a message as I could out of John chapter 3 on you must be born again. And that morning had 10 folks come forward and get saved. And we was there for about another year and a half. And God allowed us to buy land, build a building in that area. Had a young man come in and work and help to start that church with us. And uh, long story short, that Blessed Hope is, is now doing great. We built a more permanent building, have a little Christian school there of 150 students in it, have a Bible Institute there today of about 17 students in it, and just thankful for what God's done. From there, we moved about three, uh, three and a half hours east of there toward the, uh, across the Nile and back toward the Kenya Way to a little village called Bowingi, a little town there. And started Welcome Baptist Church, started it in a lady's yard, moved to a house. From there, rented a storefront, outgrew that. God gave us a little piece of land there. We built a building, spent the next four years there at Welcome. And boy, God blessed tremendously in that area. And we saw people saved and, and God did a tremendous work there in that area. And we came home during February of 2020. And that was to care for our parents. Uh, my mom and, and my wife's mom both were dealing with Alzheimer's. And we came home during that COVID time. We got locked out of the country anyway. And uh, we had to come off the field for a time to care for them. I didn't know how long it was going to be. So we wrote our churches and said, hey, we're just going to be coming in. I'm going to be making trips back and forth. I said, I'll, I'll write a letter back and let everybody know when we're able to go back. And we stayed that whole year of 2020. Uh, January of 2021 was the first time that they opened the, the airlines back up and let us fly back in so we was able to get back in. It was on that trip that God showed us and uh, let us know it was time to go back. And I didn't know at the time what God was going to do, but God knew exactly what he was doing. And because uh, it wasn't long, we came back and started making plans to go back to the field. Uh, just a month after that, my mom passed, my wife's mom passed. We didn't know that at the time, but God does. God knows what we don't know, and it's just right to follow Him, amen. It's, it'll always be right to do what He, he does, but I'm glad that they're both in glory now. But uh, we, we raised our support up. God gave us our support back up. So the end of 
2021, beginning of 2022, we moved back to the field, and God is blessed. We went this last time to the town or the city of Njeru, right outside Jinja, which is the second largest city, and uh, started our third church plant there. That was Grace Baptist Church. Started it in our yard, and uh, we tried to get in the town, and different things had happened. They Different doors closed, we, and uh, couldn't get into the city there. We tried to rent uh, buildings and all, and and the government of Uganda many times will give you issues, and that was a problem. They just kept being closed doors. And, and, like, and I've always been impatient. Patience is not one of my strong points. And uh, if you know where patience comes from, I'm not going to pray for it, amen. So I'm just going to, God knows how to work it into my heart. Tribulation worketh patience, so I'm not going to ask God for patience, amen. But it's never been my strong point. But uh, I remember getting impatient. I told my wife, I said, okay, we're just going to start a church here at our house. And that's what we did. We went and bought 20 chairs, invited all of our neighbors, set up those 20 chairs on that first Sunday and filled up every one of them. Second Sunday, I said, I better go buy 20 more. We went and bought 20 more chairs and had 40 chairs and had 41 people. On the second Sunday, had two saved. And from there, we was in our yard for about six weeks. From there, we moved into a, uh, we moved into a hotel conference room there. And God miraculously came in, provided us money for our land and uh, a church building. In January of this year, we moved into our new church building there at Grace Baptist Church. Uh, we've got, God gave us a beautiful place there in the village of Bujawali, right outside of Jinja, still in the city limits. Uh, but that's where we're at now. And uh, that's where, we're, Lord willing, we're going to be at for a while. We're hoping that for that to be our hub of operations. We have uh, main, three main avenues of our ministry. Number one is church planning. I believe that ought to be our main focus. But secondly, we do Bible training. That is part of the Great Commission. He said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I told you. And God has blessed us with that. We have two Bible Institute campuses, and uh, we'll be going, starting to go year-round here this coming year. We'll be going year-round. Right now, we've been doing four weeks a year. We're going to shift that to year-round. And uh, with our Bible Institute, we have 38 students in the Bowinga campus right now. We have 17, as I said, in uh, Loero campus. And uh, we, one of the reasons we came home, two reasons, I had to have back surgery. So if I'm moving slow, that's why. Uh, but I'm moving a little slow there. But God's blessed. We've got that took care of. But secondly, we come home to try to raise some support. We've, the ministry have, has outgrown our support. Plus, we're needing to build some larger dorms. We've been having to turn men away from our Bible Institute because we didn't have room. So God bless was able to raise the funds to build a larger dorm, to build some Sunday school rooms. And uh, we're looking forward to getting back and getting back to uh, on the ground doing that. Uh, so we have our training. We have our... Uh, uh, our church planning, but our third area, we do evangelism and outreach. We go into the unreached villages with our Bible Institute students. We go in, we'll show the Jesus film, and we'll hold open-air meetings in different places, see people saved, try to bring them in, get them trained, where we can send them back to these villages. But God has blessed us with that. He's also given us an open door in the schools. We saw a young man saved and get on fire for God, and this is a, he's a, he's a east, east, uh, uh, eastern region of Uganda school system director for the schools. He organizes sports, and uh, God allowed us to lead him to the Lord, and he's got on fire for the Lord. So we've got an open door into the school system. So we go in to many of these school systems, and, and we're able to go in there. Some of these kids, some of these students I have, I mean, some of the schools I have as small as 100 students. Uh, two of our biggest schools in Jinja area has 5,000 each. And so, but God's given us an opportunity to go in with a, 
PA system, sound system, and we're able to go into these schools and preach the gospel. Just this year, we was able to get our first container of scriptures over. This year alone, we've been able to give out 3,600 King James Bibles, 9,000 copies of John and Romans, over 5,000 copies of the New Testament, and over 100,000 gospel tracts into the school system. So what an honor and what a blessing it is. What an open door God has given us there. But that's, that's where we're going. And when we go back, Lord willing, our plan to go back, just pick up where we left off. We was able to leave because we got two of our good students that's able to take care of the work. As the, as the preacher said, we'll be headed back on January the 7th. Uh, we've, got a, we've got one week to prepare. Then we're going into Bible Institute. We'll be going into training the second week we're there. Got a big youth camp scheduled when we get back. And, and next year, the schedule's already packed. We're, we've got... Three new church plants is going to be kicking off this next year. So we have students that's done been through the Bible Institute. They've been working on staff with us, getting training. So this next year, we'll be kicking off three new church plants, one in the uh, town of Calero, one in the town of uh, Kamuli, and one in the town of Makono. So we're looking forward to what God's going to do in this next year. So if you would, you pray for us. We have prayer cards out there. If you would, take one of those. Pray for us and just pray that God will continue to guide us and direct us and continue to use us there. Amen. If you're there, if you got your Bibles, Psalms 121, would you say amen there? Amen. amen. Psalms 121, verse 1. I'm going to try to be, try to be as brief as the Lord will let me tonight. Says, I will, verse 1 says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in. This time forth and even forevermore. Let's pray this evening. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you tonight. I thank you tonight for your grace. Thank you tonight for your mercy. Thank you tonight for the privilege, God, to stand and to preach your word one more time. Thank you, Lord, for counting us faithful, putting us in the ministry. Father, I ask you tonight that you'd bless this church, this pastor. Lord, use us to be a help and encouragement to somebody tonight. And Father, we'll thank you and praise you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Psalms 121 here is called one of the 15 songs of degrees in your Bible. As, as I was studying there, I, 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 mean, I, I love to, to pastor, I love to get back to Uganda because I love to be able to take series and preach through books of the Bible. And, and I was prepared when I go back, I'm going to be preaching through these songs of degrees there when we get back. And, and God touched my heart about this just the other day with a message here about this Psalms 121 where this psalmist said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. And I want to preach with the Lord's help tonight on the hills of help tonight. Well, I'm glad there's some places we can look to tonight. But as we look at this psalm, these songs of degrees, uh, as you study them out, the best I can tell, these, these songs was, was something that the Israelites would sing as they would come back to the temple. There was three major feasts that these Israelites was, was, was told to come back for. It was Passover, it was Pentecost, and it was the Feast of Tabernacles. They was to leave their home 
and to make this pilgrimage back uh, to the temple here in worship. And it was said that they would sing these songs as they would make that pilgrimage or as they would make that go up the steps to the temple. They, it, so it's a pilgrim song. It deals with the journey, the dangers of the journey, but it also deals with, with God's help along the way. And boy, I sure am glad that we've got God's help along the way of the journey that we're on tonight. But throughout history, God has chosen to show Himself strong many times uh, on, 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 on mountaintops. As you study your Bible, you'll see many times God showed up and He did things on the mountain. How you could look through the Scriptures. We could take just a moment look at many of them. I think about the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus took Peter, James, and John up that mount apart from everybody else and the Bible said and He was transfigured before them and His raiment did shine. And boy, they saw Him talking with Moses and Elijah and talking about and talking about uh, the resurrection, talking about the, what He was going to do on Calvary and they heard the Lord speak from heaven but God manifested Himself on that mountain. And friend, you could go on through the Bible many times the Mount of Beatitudes where Jesus called those disciples up and He gave them what we call the Sermon on the Mount. You could think about Mount Moriah over there where God told Abraham to take his son up and offer him up for a burnt offering up there on the mount which I shall show thee of. And you know how God stepped in at the very last second. Uh, friend, when he saw that Abraham was going to obey him by faith, uh, God stepped in and showed himself strong on the behalf of Abraham. On and on. You could think about Mount Olive where Jesus was lifted up into the clouds uh, where, he, where the angels said, Why stand ye here gazing? This same Jesus which ye see gone shall so come in like manner. But friend, I'm talking about mountaintop experiences where God showed Himself strong. Friend, you see, we see that many times in the Bible. That's where God shows Himself strong. In our Christian life, many times, we can't live on the mountaintops. We live in the valleys many times. Many times we're in the low spot. I grew up on a farm and we grew up planting. You, you know my granddaddy, and we never did plant on the mountaintops. We always wanted to plant those bottom lands. That's where things would grow. Friend, you see, that's where, that, that's where things grow. And that's where we'll grow in our Christian wall. We don't grow as much on the mountaintop times, but we grow in those valley times, those hard times, uh, those times of trials and struggles. That's where we learn and where we grow and where we learn to trust God. But thank God for those mountaintop experiences in our life where we can look to where God shows up and helps us there along the way. As we look at this text, so there's three ways you can look at this text. You can look at it literally, and we did look at that, uh, friend, as it was a literal song that the children of Israel sang. It was something that they, uh, they sang and they found encouragement as they would make this track, uh, this trek three times a year. It, it was an encouragement there. Uh, but you see also there's, there's lessons, practical lessons we can learn from this psalm. You can look at the psalmist. You can see the understanding of the psalmist. This, uh, this psalmist here, he had an understanding of where to look to. Uh, friend, he said, I'll look unto the hills. He said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills there. He understood that there was places that he could look to where God had worked in the past. Uh, and friend, the things that God has done in the past, he can do again. Amen. You know what encourages me, friend, as a missionary? I look at Brother Stark and some of those other men that's gone on before me. And friend, the same God that did for them, friend, what he did for them, he could do that for me. Friend, I'm talking about preachers that went on before me. How God blessed them and how God God help them. Friend, you see the same God that they serve is the same God that I serve today. Boy, I sure I'm glad, friend, that I can look back to what God has done in the past uh, and, friend, know that God can do it again today. Thank God for today. You 
see, he had an understanding of where to look. He had an understanding of who he was looking to. Verse 2, he says, My help cometh from the Lord. Hey, he knew, understood who he was looking to, not only where to look, but he understood who he was looking to. I'm glad, friend, that I know who I'm looking to. I'm looking to my Creator, the one who made those hills, the one who made each and every one of us, friend, the one who formed and shaped those mountains and those valleys. Uh, friend, he's able, friend, to see me through each and every situation that I may face today. Friend, I sure am thankful that we see the, un the, the understanding, we see the faith of the psalmist. This, the, uh, we, verses 3 and 4, we see his faith. Uh, and I'm trying not to get into this, friend, but we see the faith of the psalmist. He said, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He had faith in God. He said, he that keepeth Israel shall not slumber there. I thank God, friend, for the faith of the psalmist. Uh, friend, how's our faith today? The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them which diligently seek him, friend. We see the faith of the psalmist. We see the assurance of the psalmist. Verses 4 through 6, he's assured about some things. Friend, we'll never do anything for God until we get some things nailed down in our heart and our life and we get some assurance about some things. Friend, you'll never do anything for God until you get assured about your salvation. Until you get assured about your call that, hey, this is what God's called me to do. Friend, we need some assurance. We see the assurance of the psalmist. We see the preservation or the protection of the psalmist. Verses 7 and 8, he said, The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. Friend, he knew something about the preservation of God. I sure am glad tonight, friend, that we have those things. Every one of those things that psalmist had and those lessons we learned there, friend, as we study the New Testament, we find that they're already given to us. Right. Ephesians 1.3 said, He hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. Friend, He already has given to us. When I first got saved, boy, I, I rejoiced and I shouted the victory because I didn't have to go to hell. I was saved by the grace of God. And boy, we ought to shout about that. We ought to be excited about that. But you know what happened? The more I begin to read my Bible, the more I begin to, to understand what God has given us, that's just the tip of the iceberg. It, there's a whole lot more. You're looking tonight. I don't look like a whole lot. I don't sound like a whole lot, but you're looking at a rich man tonight. You're looking at somebody that is highly blessed tonight. Friend, I'm telling you, God's already given me these things. I've already found out, hey, but it's not just for me. It's for every child of God tonight, friend. He has already blessed us with these things. Friend, it's up to us to appropriate them into our life. Friend, it's up to us. Now we look at this psalm as a, we can look at the lessons, we can look at it literally, but I want to apply it to our life tonight. Here's a psalmist. The psalm here was written to these Jews as they was on a journey. Friend, they was on a journey. Can I say tonight, if you're saved, that you're on a journey as well? If you're, if you're saved tonight, you began a journey. This journey has a starting point. You see, mine began on January the 31st. 2004, that's where I, I got saved as a 26-year-old man. They, they invited me to come back to our home church. I was raised in that church, got away from the things of God, made a profession at a young age, but came back, and, and that's where I got saved at on a Saturday night. Got born again, changed by the grace of God. God did a work in my life. You know what happened that night? I began a journey. 
That was my starting point. That's where I began this journey that I'm on. If you're saved tonight, you're on a journey. Not only did I have a starting point for this journey, friend, but, but there's mile markers along this journey. So we come up here every so often, there'd be a, there'd be a mile marker along the way, and friend, they'll let you know where you're at. But friend, on, on this Christian journey, there's mile markers that we face along the way. I can look back, and you can look back in your Christian life. I can look back to the day I got saved. That's mile marker number one right there. I think about when I got baptized, a mile marker. I think about the first time that I really got serious with God. Me and my wife knelt down in a youth camp and surrendered our lives and said, Lord, whatever you want us to do, it doesn't matter whatever it is, God. I want to do your will. And friend, I remember that so well. That was the first time that I fully surrendered. There's been a daily surrender since then. But it's a mild marker. I remember in, in, in November of 2006 when God called me to preach. A mild marker along my journey. Boy, I could go down the line when God called me to pastor. When God moves to the mission field. When we started our first church or second church or third church. Mild markers along this journey. But friend, just like that, you could probably look back in your Christian life. You can remember where you got started. The day you got saved. You could probably remember back the different things along your journey where God did things in your life and God encouraged you. But friend, not only we have a starting point, not only is there mile markers along this journey, but friend, there's, an, there's a finish line. We're headed, for, we're headed somewhere today. Friend, you see, there's, there's coming a day when the trumpet's going to sound and Christ is coming again. And I believe it is soon, by the way. And no man knoweth the day nor the hour, friend. But I'm telling you, I believe it's closer now. I know it's closer now than it's ever been. But friend, there's coming a day when Jesus is coming back. Whether I go by the grave or friend, and whether I go up in there, friend, there's a day when I'm going to come to the finish line of this journey, friend. And I want to finish and I want to finish well. Friend, but you see, along this journey... There's going to be times that you're going to need help. There'll be times along this journey that you and I will come to places in our life, friend, where we don't know what to do. We don't know the way to go. And especially if you're serving God, there'll be areas in your life where you need help and you're going to need supernatural help. Uh, friend, that your parents may not be able to help you. Your pastor may not be able to help you. Friend, but there's a God in heaven, friend, that can help you tonight. And that's what I want to look at tonight is the hills of help with the help of the Lord tonight. I want to look back at what the psalmist said. And I want to preach for just a minute here. Look at verse 1. It says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Uh, uh, friend, here's the psalmist. He knew where to look to. He had an understanding of where to look to. He had an understanding of who he was looking to. Friend, and I want to say along this journey, friend, there's going to be some help that we're going to need. There's going to be times we need help. There's going to be times we need encouragement. There's going to be times that we just need some guidance along this way. And friend, there's some places in the Bible that we can look to. And I want to look at three, three mountaintops in the Bible, what they represent for just a second, friend, and for just a few minutes and we'll get out of here. But I think about the first one, Mount Sinai. Think about Mount Sinai. God had called the children of Israel. He had brought them out. He had told them, said, I want you to go three days into the wilderness and worship me there. They weren't able to worship God as long as they was in Egypt. God wanted them out of Egypt, friend. And before God will ever show up in our life, we're going to have to get out of Egypt. And friend, we're going to have to get Egypt out of us. Friend, if we're, if we're ever going to have God to show up. But friend, you see, God brought them up to Mount Sinai. 
And as they come up to Mount Sinai, that was the place uh, where God chose. And that's where the place where Moses went up the mount and the glory cloud came down and God spoke with him and the thunders and lightnings there. God and put the fear of God in their life. Uh, and God put the word of God in Moses' hand that day. As I look at Mount Sinai, that's what it represents to me is the word of God, friend. I want to say that first mountain we can look to is the word of God. Friend, I'm glad, friend, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we need understanding today, it's going to come through the word of God. There's a lot of people today that don't have discernment. They don't have understanding today. Friend, I'm telling you right here, this book is a book of understanding. Friend, every decision we make, everything that we do, every thought, friend, needs to be filtered through this word of God, friend. But not only that, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We want our faith to be strengthened. It's going to be strengthened in this word of God, friend. If we're going to look for some help, friend, it's going to have to be the hill of the word of God. You know what the Bible says about itself? Uh, uh, friend, the Bible says the word of God. James says it's like a mirror. Friend, that word of God is like a mirror. He said, whosoever looketh in the perfect law of liberty, he said it's like a glass that we look into. Everybody that come to church tonight, I dare say you probably looked in a mirror. It took me, I had to look in the mirror this evening for a good while to get my hair fixed like it needed to be, friend. It took a while. Friend, but I'm saying, you'll get that in a minute, amen. Hey, I ain't got no hair. Just for those of you that are a little slow, I ain't got none. But, I, but hey, when you come to church tonight, you probably looked in the mirror. You know why? Because you had somewhere to come to. And you wanted to get prepared. You wanted to get right. Friend, I'm telling you, on this journey that we've got, there's somewhere that we're going. Friend, I'm telling you, you know what will happen when we look into the Bible? The Bible will show us who we really are. The Bible will show us what we are. The Bible will show us every fault and every flaw and everything that we have. It will help us to get right, friend, because there's a marriage that we're headed to. Friend, there's a judgment that we're headed to. Friend, we better be getting cleaned up and we better be getting right, friend. That's what the Word of God is, friend. It's a mirror. You know what the Word of God is? Jesus says it's truth. John 8, 32 says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's what the Word of God is. It's truth. You know what the Word of God is, friend? It's, it, it saves today. Peter said, Being born again, not a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Friend, you'll not be saved apart from the Word of God. Friend, it's necessary for salvation. It's the Word of God that tells us we're lost. You'll never get saved till you first get lost. Friend, a person has to understand they're a sinner before they can ever get saved. It's the Word of God that tells us there's a man named Jesus that came and died on the cross for our sins. It, it's the Word of God that tells us there's a place called hell and there's a place called heaven. Friend, I'm telling you the Word of God, it saves tonight. It strengthens us tonight. Friend, it's how we grow tonight. Peter said, he said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may they grow thereby. Friend, it's the word of God, friend, that strengthens us. It's the word of God that we find our help tonight. It's the word of God, friend, that cleanses us. Jesus told the disciples, he said, Now are you clean through the word which I have spoken unto you? Psalms 119.9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Friend, you say it's the word of God. Friend, I'm telling you, there's a mountain of, there's a hill of help called the Word of God. I look at Mount Sinai, that's what comes to my mind. I think about that mountain. Friend, it's a source of strength, it's a source of help. Friend, but we think about another mountain this evening. I think about another mountain. Going first, first Kings over there, we see a man named Elijah. A man named Elijah, he shows up out of, the, out of nowhere. 
And he comes before wicked Ahab. Israel had rebelled and Israel had, had, had turned their backs on God. They had backslid. They'd went into Baal worship and followed uh, Ahab and Jezebel into Baal worship. And God called Elijah. And Elijah went before Ahab and said, It's not going to rain, but according to my word. And you know the story how God hid him by the brook and fed him. And then he sent him to Zarephath. And the widow fed, uh, the, he was fed by the widow there. And how God worked miracles and all that. Then God said to show yourself. And Elijah called for a showdown between him and the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of the grove. And he called them up and they went up to Mount Carmel. And Elijah said, you take your bullock and I'll take me one. And he said, you offer yours up. And he said, and the God that answers by fire, let him be Lord. And you know the story how the, he let the Baal worshipers go first. They cried and, and they cut up the bullock and they cut themselves and they prayed and they cried. But Baal didn't answer because Baal ain't God. Can I say Muhammad ain't God? Buddha ain't God. Friend, you see there is not but one God. There's one. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. Friend, there is not but one way. Friend, and then Elijah. The Bible said that Elijah, he repaired the altar of the Lord. When I look at Mount Carmel, I see what I see is prayer. Friend, I see something that reminds me of prayer. Elijah repaired the altar of the Lord. If there's anything today that needs repairing, friend, in America and in our lives and in our homes, it's the altar. Friend, we need to get back to an old-fashioned altar. We need to get back to a family altar. We need to get back to using these altars. We need to get back to calling on the Lord. Friend, our country's in a mess. Our, this world's in a mess. Uh, we need some Christians that know how to get a hold of God. And friend, that knows how to repair an altar and call on God again. Elijah prayed a 63-word prayer and fire fell from heaven. You know why? Because there was a redeemed saint. Friend, there was a ready saint that was clean and ready. And friend, there was a repaired altar and God answered that, friend. I'm I'm telling you, that's what we need. We need to look to the hill of prayer today. You know what prayer will do, friend? Prayer will help you, help your soul, friend. There's help for your soul in prayer. Friend, there's help for your situation, whatever you may be facing today. There's help for your situation in prayer. There's help for your service in prayer. Boy, I sure am glad those times I don't know which way to go and I don't know what to do. I'm glad that I've got access today through the blood of Jesus. Friend, I can come straight to the throne of grace. He said, let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Friend, I'm glad in my time of need there's one that I can look to. There's help that I can find. Uh, there's mercy there when I need it. Friend, there's grace there when I need it. Friend, thank God for that hill of prayer. Friend, that I can look to in times of need along this journey. Friend, I think about the promises of prayer. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call upon me and I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Matthew 7, Seven, he said, "Ask and you shall receive. A knock and it shall be opened." There, you know, you know the the prayer requests, uh, uh, those prayer promises. Many throughout the Bible, Philippians chapter four says, "Be careful for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God." And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds uh, through Christ Jesus. Boy, promises of prayer. For all I sure am thankful for prayer. You know what prayer can do? Prayer can save your soul. Friend, the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a promise, friend. If you're lost tonight, friend, there's your promise. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Friend, prayer can open the windows of heaven. Book of James says you have not because you ask not. 
Friend, prayer, friend, is our connection to heaven. Prayer is how we walk with God. You see, God speaks to us through that word. We speak to God through prayer. Friend, you can't have much of a fellowship if there's only a one-way street. Friend, how's our walk with God today? There's a lot of people that's not in fellowship with God. There's, they're, they're either cut off one or the other. Friend, if we're going to walk with God, we're going to have to be listening to Him and His Word. We're going to have to be talking with Him through prayer. Friend, that's what prayer is. A prayer, prayer is where we find the help that we need, friend. So I look at Mount Carmel, I think about prayer. That hill of prayer. That hill of the Word of God. But I want to give you one more tonight and I'll be done. Probably the greatest hill of all. Mount Carmel represents prayer to me. I think about that prayer that Elijah prayed and how God answered. And friend, you see, the, the same God that answered Elijah is the same God that will answer you and I. You see, he said he's no respecter of persons. You see, you, you see God, God looks on us, friend, and he'll answer us. James 5, 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray you one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I look at Mount Carmel, I think of that hill of prayer. That hill of help. Friend, I look at Mount Sinai, I think of the Word of God that was given there. And friend, we know a lot of the Word of God was given after that, but that reminds us that's where God put that, that first Word of God in Moses' hands. Boy, I thank God for that. But that, there's right outside of Jerusalem, there's another little hill. Right outside the city of Jerusalem. I've never been there. I don't know if I'll ever go there, but friend, right outside of Jerusalem, there's a little hill called Calvary. That's where they carried our Lord one day. And friend, when I think about Calvary, boy, I think of the greatest help that's ever been given. There's help for the sinner at Calvary. There's help for the saint at Calvary. Boy, I thank God for Calvary tonight. Boy, one of the greatest, there, there's one of the greatest messages you could ever preach is Calvary. Friend, you see, wherever we start at, I believe it was Charles Spurgeon or one of those older men, they said, they don't care where you start at. Said, where you start at in the Bible, said, make a beeline for Calvary. Friend, I'm telling you, it's the greatest place. When I look at Calvary, I see victory. Friend, that's what it is at Calvary. You know what Calvary was? Calvary was a place where Christ died for our sins. That is the beginning of the gospel. You've got to understand that, friend, that we're a sinner, but that's where Christ died for our sins. Uh, you see, Calvary was where, uh, friend, the heavens turned black. Calvary was where the rocks rent and the earth quaked. Uh, Calvary, friend, was where our pardon was purchased. Uh, Calvary was where the veil of the temple was rent that day when Jesus gave up the ghost and cried, It is finished, friend. That is Calvary, friend. You see, Calvary is a place where our substitute was offered. Friend, you see, we was guilty. We was born in sin with a sin nature. Because of Adam, we was all plunged into sin. But friend, I'm glad that there was a second Adam that came. A friend and bought us out of sin. When John the Baptist cried in John 1.29, Behold, the Lamb of God had taken away the sin of the world. A friend, that wasn't a lamb to cover our sins for another year. That wasn't just any lamb. This was the lamb. A friend to come to take away the sin. Not to cover the sin of the Jews, but to take away the sin of the world. He was our substitute. Boy, I sure am glad. That's where Calvary was where our substitute was offered. Calvary, friend, was where the Savior displayed His love for us. Uh, greater love hath no man than this. And a man laid down his life uh, for his friends. Uh, thank God for Calvary. That's where the love of God was displayed for mankind. Uh, friend, you see, Calvary was where our sin debt was paid. Uh, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. 
Jesus Christ our Lord. I owed a sin debt that I couldn't pay. A friend, he didn't owe a debt, but he paid my debt on Calvary. You see, that debt was, was death. Uh, friend, he died and he paid that debt for me. Friend, that was on Calvary. Calvary, friend, was where our satanic foe was defeated. Friend, Satan tried his best to prevent Jesus from going to Calvary. He tried to sidetrack him. He tried to stop him. He tried to get him to take a substitute when he tempted him. He said, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world if you'll just bow down. You know what he was doing? He's trying to keep him from going to Calvary. You know why? Because Calvary is where when Jesus cried, it is finished. Uh, uh, friend, that was a last nail in the coffin of the devil, friend. He defeated death, hell, and the grave at Calvary, friend. Our satanic foe was defeated. Thank God for Calvary. Calvary is where the blood was shed. Friend, we're reconciled today under God by the blood. As I said, Adam separated us. A uh, friend, we lost that fellowship and fellowship was lost. Uh, friend, but when that blood is applied, a uh, uh, friend, we're reconciled back to a relationship and a walk with God. It's the blood that we're redeemed today by the blood of God. Thank God, friend, it's the blood that redeems us, reconciles us. It's the blood that cleanses us. Thank God tonight for the cleansing power. We sang that song, what can wash away my sins? Uh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm telling you tonight, thank God for the blood tonight. Thank God for Calvary tonight. If there's one thing that gets me excited, it's Calvary tonight. We've got in a bad way but we can't get excited about Calvary and the blood that Jesus shed. Friend, I'm only going to heaven tonight because of Calvary. Pardon me if I get a little excited tonight because of Calvary. Oh, friend, I love him tonight because of Calvary. I follow him tonight because of Calvary. I'd be in hell tonight if it wasn't for Calvary. Friend, I'd be lost still in my sins tonight if it wasn't for Calvary. Thank God for Calvary tonight. Friend, you see that hill of help. Friend, oh, because of Calvary, you can be forgiven. Because of Calvary, you can be free. Because of Calvary, we're, we're free. We have liberty, friend, not to sin, but we have liberty to fulfill His will tonight. We have, we're able to live a fruitful life tonight because of Calvary. Friend, I have a future tonight because of Calvary. Paul said it like this for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But in us that are saved, it is the power of God. Boy, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at the times when God allows us to preach sometimes for the first time where nobody's heard that message. Oh, those of you that have been to Uganda, you probably had that. Those of you that have been on other mission trips, you probably had that experience for the being the first time to be able to share the gospel with somebody for the first time. And boy, to see the, the eye, their eyes open, see their spiritual eyes open and see them understand for the first time that there's a God in heaven that loved them and bled and died for them. Boy, I thank God for Calvary tonight. Boy, I want to go back and I'm done tonight. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm getting ready to turn it over here just a second. But the psalmist said, it said, I will lift up mine eyes under the hills from which cometh my help. Can I say something tonight, church? We're all on a journey. Friend, we're probably on different parts of this journey. We probably, we probably have different starting points on this journey. There's many of you that's probably been saved much longer than I've been saved. Friend, you may be a lot further along than I've, I am. There's somebody that may have been saved after me. You may not be as far along. But friend, along this journey, there'll be times when you're going to need help. It may not be tonight. 
Friend, there may be times down the road. You may be in a trial right now. You may be in a situation right now and you're needing help. You may be going through, you may be bearing a burden right now and you're needing help right now. Let us take a verse from the psalmist here. He says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Friend, there's a place we can look to for help. Boy, I'm glad for the heel of the Word of God tonight. Boy, you can find help right here in this Bible. There's an answer for every problem of life. You want to know what the, you know what the answer for our country is? They're debating every day up there. I don't want to get into politics. I'll mess up here in a minute. I, I need to hush. But you know what the answer for our country is? It's not going to be found in the Republicans. It's not going to be found in the Democrats. It's going to be found in the Word of God. You see, there's a hill of help right there in that Word. You see, there's a hill of help in prayer. Friend, there's a God has given us that are saved access into the holy of holies. He considers us priests and kings. In the Old Testament, they had to go through a priest. Friend, I sure am glad that I don't have to do that no more. I sure am glad that I don't have to go to, to somebody dressed like mama and call him papa and try to get him to pray for me. I'm glad, friend, that I can go directly to the throne of grace. A nobody from nowhere that nobody knows. But the only one that matters knows who I am. He knows where I'm at. He knows what I'm going through. And friend, guess what? He's there. I've never one time called on him and he wasn't there. Friend, I'm telling you, a hill of help. But more than that, friend, we got Calvary tonight. I sure am glad there's a place that we can go to for help, not only for the sinner, but for the saint. I want to ask you this as I'm done tonight and we're going to pray. What kind of help is it that we need tonight? What is it that you need? What kind of help? It's a Sunday night and I know it's a missionary in and, and, and I probably do different than everybody else. I, I've been told that. I've been told, Brother Knowles, you have no idea how you're supposed to present. I've done everything backwards. God called me. I was backwards when he called me. God knew what he was getting when he called me. I was too late in the game to go and be professionalized and learn how to do this thing right. All I am, I just, I'll be who I am, amen. I don't get my English right. I don't get my Luganda right. I speak two languages. Neither one of them real good. I'm always backwards, amen. But hey, I'm telling you tonight, there's a place we can come to for help. There's a God in heaven that he has help for you tonight. But guess what? It's, it's there. But the choice is yours tonight. What are you going to do? Are you going to leave here without getting help or are you going to come get some help tonight? There's help around these altars tonight. pastor's going to come and he's going to close out as he sees fit because he's a pastor. But what about it tonight? As we pray and, and musicians come, pastor comes, we pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we sure do love you tonight. Sure do thank you tonight, God, for your goodness. Thank you tonight, God, for the word of God. Thank you tonight for the privilege of prayer. Thank you for Calvary, God, tonight. Thank you for your goodness in our life. Thank you, Lord, for the Spirit of God living inside of us. Thank you for this church and this pastor. Father, I pray that you bless the invitation time. Have your will and your way. God, we love you. Thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen.